0: You can be seated. I want to welcome those of you that are joining us online as well. So glad that you are. Real quick, before we get started, uh, this Thursday, really looking forward to having Pastor Bud Stonebreaker here. Uh, Both he and I are going to have a discussion and talk about what is on the prophetic horizon. 7 p.m. this Thursday, uh, in lieu of the Lamentation study, which we started last week. Uh, we will resume it the following week, but this Thursday is going to be a special time together. Would really encourage you to come out and join with us. So we have two services on Sunday. The first of which is the Bible prophecy update that we do weekly, have for many years. Second service is the sermon, and it's a verse by verse study through the Word of God. We're currently in 2nd Peter. And today we're going to begin chapter three, the last chapter of 2nd Peter. It'll be live streamed at 1115 AM for those of you online. Uh, Today we're going to look at how and why God wants us in His will more than we even ourselves want to be in as well. So again, 1115 AM. Hawaii time that'll be live streamed and for those of you that are joining us by way of YouTube or Facebook we'd encourage you to go directly to the website jdforog.org, and there you will find the uncensored and uninterrupted entirety of today's update. By way of an introduction to the update today I think it's incumbent upon me to mention that the swiftness and significance with which events are taking place are the likes of which I've never seen in my 40 plus years walking with the Lord as a student of Bible prophecy and then of course as a teacher of Bible prophecy. Now, please know that I in no way wish to sounds sensational. Rather, I only wish to sound the alarm as a watchman on the wall, which is my profound privilege to be. And as such, I have never been And the Lord knows my heart. I have never been as excited as I am now for my first love, Jesus, rapturing us as His bride out of this world, which can happen at any time now. So much is happening so fast. I had a really busy week, (laughs) you might say. So it's for this reason that I would like to talk with you today about how the distractions of these last days are drawing Christians away from Jesus, who is and will always be our first love. What I'm hoping to do in our time together today is explain first, the significance of these distractions prophetically, then second, identify them specifically, and then third, more importantly, what we're to do about this practically. I'll start by drawing your attention to the book of Revelation, chapter two. I want to read the first five verses. This is the first letter to the first church. Seven churches. This is the first church, the church of Ephesus, verse one. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, verse two, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered, and have patience, and have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. Wow, I want to go to that church. That's kind of a lot. Verse 4 though, (laughs) nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember therefore, verse 5, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Throughout Scripture, true to form, the name is the nature, and such is the case with Ephesus, which in the Greek means desirable. That's going to come into play here in a moment. The city of Ephesus was known throughout the ancient world for their religious worship of Diana, who was Diana, the goddess of fertility and sex. The temple of Diana in Ephesus was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world because of its 127 pillars, 60 feet high. You can actually find this online. It's really quite astounding. While the city of Ephesus was known throughout the world, so too was the church in Ephesus also known throughout the world starting with Paul who started it. So important was this church that Paul would spend three years there. That is longer than any time that he spent at any other church. And then Paul would have Timothy pastor this church for a period of time. And then the apostle John who received this very revelation also pastored the Ephesus church. Now, why do I point that out? Because this church was profoundly privileged to have such a firm foundation some 40 years prior. However, as the years went by, they had left, not lost, left. Please make that distinction. They had left their first love which begs the question of what happened and why did it happen? Thankfully, (laughs) Jesus answers this in verse five with what's been affectionately referred to as the three R's. Remember, repent, and repeat. Remember, as they forgot about Jesus, repent as they turned away from Jesus, and repeat as they neglected time with Jesus. Now the question becomes one of what was it that caused them to forget, turn away, and neglect Jesus? And the answer in a word is, wait for it, distractions, distractions. This would explain all three, whether it's good or evil, secular or even sacred. Do you realize that even in our service to the Lord, we can hinder our relationship with the Lord? Because we're too busy serving the Lord. We have no time for the Lord. And this is what was happening. They were even distracted by good things sacred things, noble things. But whether it's good or evil, secular or sacred, the effect is the same. We forget Jesus, we neglect Jesus, and we ultimately leave Jesus. We don't lose our first love because that means then it's lost. We don't know where to find it. No, we leave it like a husband would leave a wife or a wife would leave a husband. This brings me to the explaining of the significance prophetically, which first and foremost is a marker of this being the last hour. And let me explain. Bible prophecy paints a rather bleak and dark picture of the church at the time of the end prior to the rapture of the church. And some of these prophecies are in, of all places, (laughs) the Apostle Paul's letter to Timothy, which were his final words at the end of his life. First Timothy chapter four, verse one, the Spirit clearly says, expressly, explicitly says that in the later times, the last days, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits. Some of your translations render it seducing spirits. Very interesting word in the original language of the Greek New Testament. It's the Greek word planos from where we get our English word planet. Hang on to that. These deceiving, seducing spirits and things taught by demons. Second Timothy chapter four, verses one through four. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of His appearing, that's the rapture, and His kingdom, I give you this charge, Paul to Timothy, verse two, preach the word. BE PREPARED IN SEASON AND OUT OF SEASON, CORRECT, REBUKE, AND ENCOURAGE WITH GREAT PATIENCE AND CAREFUL INSTRUCTION. AND HERE'S WHY, TIMOTHY, HERE'S WHY, CHURCH, VERSE 3, FOR THE TIME WILL COME, THAT TIME IS HERE, WHEN MEN WILL NOT PUT UP WITH SOUND DOCTRINE. INSTEAD, TO SUIT THEIR OWN DESIRES, They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. And then Second Timothy chapter three, the first five verses. But mark this, there will be terrible times, perilous times in the last days. People will be, listen very carefully, there's 19 things on this list, and I want you to pay particular attention to the love factor. Lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, here it is again, verse 3, without love unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal. And here it is again, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited. And two more times, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. That's a bleak picture, isn't it? This is a prophecy concerning what the church is going to look like at the time of the end, right before the rapture of the church. Does the church look like this? Yes, it does. Sorry if I answered that for you. I want to help you out. It was a rhetorical question. So that's an explanation of the significance of these distractions prophetically. It's actually a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. THE VERY FACT THAT THIS IS HAPPENING. SO NOW LET'S TURN A CORNER TO THE IDENTIFYING OF THESE DISTRACTIONS SPECIFICALLY AND WE'RE GOING TO HAVE TO AT THIS TIME IN ORDER TO DO THAT end THE LIVE STREAM. I KNOW EARLY THIS TIME. BUT uh, WE'LL REDIRECT YOU TO THE WEBSITE. HOPEFULLY YOU'RE ALREADY THERE. SO WHAT FOLLOWS IS A LIST THAT I PUT TOGETHER that identifies the main distractions having the greatest propensity to draw us away from Jesus as our first love. Here's a at a glance list. Number one, social media and Internet. Number two, politicians and elections. Number three, Money and possessions. Number four, news propaganda and ads. Number five, athletes and sports. Number six, staged wars and events. Number seven, actors and entertainment. And number eight, finally, planned genocide and control. A couple things by way of a preface before we get into this. The first of which is that while this list is in no way exhaustive, it is in every way descriptive. It describes with precision accuracy prophetically what is happening today in the church. Secondly, the things on this list are not evil in and of themselves. Rather, they're used for evil purposes. And evil, interestingly, is live backwards. It's a 180 in the other direction, L-I-V-E-E-V-I-L. And this is Satan's MO, is to get us to go the other direction. See, when we come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, Satan shifts his strategy. No longer is he trying to keep us from Jesus. Now we're saved. He wants to distance us further away from Jesus. That's his whole strategy. The Apostle Paul said, don't be ignorant of Satan's strategies, his devices. I love the King James, the wiles of the devil. (laughs) Don't be ignorant. Don't be so naive when it comes to the strategies that he uses. He's all about getting the Christian as far away as he can from Jesus. And he's met with a large measure of success, sadly. Also, this list, it's not in any particular order. But the first one, Social media and the Internet. (laughs) That's the hub, man. That's the hub for the other seven. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. Lastly, in the interest of time, I'll only take the time to expound in more detail on the final four, as it were, on the list. So number one, social media and Internet. Would you agree that this is the catalyst? This is the the hub. This is the vehicle. This is the avenue. This is the interesting word device, device. And, and by the way, just I hope you don't tire me saying this, but Internet, the web, come on, <laughs> right there. It's uh, you're you're trapped in this web. You're you're caught in this net. So it's this catalyst for most, if not all of the distractions. It comes vis-a-vis social media and the Internet. Number two, politicians and elections. I will not be expounding on this one today. Thank you for laughing. But I will say this. (laughs) This one in particular is one of the biggest distractions, especially in recent years. Number three, money and possessions. Now again, in and of themselves, they are neutral, not evil. However, it's when money is one's first love, when you love money, that it becomes the root of all kinds of evil. It's not what you have. It's what has you. It's not what you possess. It's what possesses you. Does Jesus have your heart? Does Jesus have your love? Does Jesus have your attention? Number four, news, propaganda, and ads. (laughs) This has fast become one of the most powerful brainwashing distractions in these last days, and it commenced particularly in the year 2020. Actually it was decades prior under the banner of what is known as the CIA's Operation Mockingbird. Number five athletes and sports now if you'll kindly allow me to all expound on this and the remaining three but I do want to say this we have many online members that are athletes uh, some of them professional athletes and again in and of themselves not evil however Satan can use this and is using this many of you remember Buffalo Bills player Damar Hamlin He collapsed suddenly on the field after tackling Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver T Higgins in the first quarter. The game was suspended and subsequently postponed by the NFL. And then you all saw the video of Hamlin being rushed to a Cincinnati hospital. And it was believed that he had suffered a sudden cardiac arrest. Well, recently, the 24 year old Hamlin was interviewed on Good Morning America. And he was asked, and I quote, the question on so many minds is what caused his heart to stop beating? You're 24 in peak physical condition and can run circles around me right now. How did doctors describe what happened to you? Hamlin, after lengthy pauses, and I mean lengthy pauses, <laughs> which seemed like an eternity, responded this way. Pause. We're still pausing. Um, pausing again. Pause. Still pausing. <laughs> No, for real. Watch the video. Um, that's something I want to stay away from. And then the interviewer, almost as if to be on script, on cue, just took it and ran. And all of a sudden, it was like, "Wait a minute! Wait, 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 wait! wait <laughs> you, you, you want to stay away from that? Why?" We all know why. Why won't you say it? I'll say it for you. Because nobody wants to talk about it. It's because of the injection. That's why. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. It's all sponsored by Pfizer. You can't say that. Hamlin also made an appearance at the Super Bowl where he was met with a standing ovation along with the Buffalo Bills medical staff. And by the way, the the reason why this really hits home for us is because there was this movement. I mean, people were praying. They were praying on the field, and it seemed like the Christians, or so we thought. We're all coming together, coming out of the woodwork, praying for Him. And then, I mean, God in His grace, it would seem, actually miraculously healed Him. And we want to stay far away from that. Where's any mention of, it was the grace of God that I'm sitting here before you today to be interviewed by you today. No, we stay away from that. Oh, but hey, uh, just, I'll be at the Super Bowl, and I'll be wearing a jacket. Bear with me. The front of which is seen here. Interesting jacket. Upon closer examination, the face on the front of the jacket is supposed to be Jesus. It's not the Jesus in the Bible, though. Uh, this is profane. It is blasphemous. It is a mockery. And this for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that Jesus is risen. He is no longer on the cross that Satan wants to keep Him on. This is a mockery. You know what profane means? I think we misunderstand this word the meaning of this word. To profane means to make common, to bring down to a common level, common ground. This is what this does. That's not my Jesus. That's a different Jesus. And I suppose we shouldn't be surprised that this is not the Jesus of the Bible because the true Jesus of the Bible warned us about these false Christs. (laughs) In fact, it would be a sign increasing in intensity and frequency in the last days like birth pains. In fact, it's the first thing Jesus says when He's asked by the disciples, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And the first thing Jesus says is, Don't be deceived. Many will come saying, that's Jesus. That's not Jesus. Oh, Jesus is over here. No, He's not. Oh, that's Jesus on Hamlin's jacket. No, it's not. These are false Christs. Enter this Super Bowl ad. You hear about this? sponsored by this new movement. He gets us. Who's he? Jesus. Oh, I'm so far so good. But it's yet another promotion of another false Jesus and a false gospel, presupposing that there's even any gospel at all, which there's not. I'll save you the time. Yes, the true Jesus gets us, which is why He died for us, in order to save us from us. <laughs> in other words, Jesus loves us so much that He gets us, He gets us out of hell for eternity. But that's not this Jesus. This Jesus he, he gets us LGBTQ community. He gets us Black Lives Matter et al. He's one of us. You've just profaned Jesus. You brought him down. Oh yeah, he's Man, fully man, but he's fully God. But what you've done is you've stripped him of being fully God, and you brought him, profaned him, blasphemed him, and brought him down to the level of common man. He gets us. He's one of us. And then they leave it there. That's not Jesus. No, he does get you. And he does love you, by the way. In fact, he loves YOU SO MUCH THAT HE WAS WILLING TO DIE FOR YOU. AND GREATER LOVE HATH NO MAN THAT HE LAY DOWN HIS LIFE FOR ANOTHER. YEAH, HE GETS YOU, BUT HE LOVES YOU TOO MUCH TO LEAVE YOU WHERE YOU'RE AT. HE WANTS TO SAVE YOU. HE WANTS TO GIVE YOU THE HOLY SPIRIT TO INDWELL YOU, TO CHANGE YOU FROM THE INSIDE OUT. SEE, and we talked about this on Thursday night. Any, well, we talked about it more than just Thursday night. Um, Anything that goes against the Word of God is incompatible with the Word of God is not the Word of God. That should be a firm grasp of the obvious, right? I think it was last Sunday we were talking about it. It, it, When somebody says, and you got to always have the antennas go up. These are red flags. (laughs) When somebody says, hey, God showed me. Wow. Oh, I'm not worthy. You know, God told me. uh, Whoa. Yeah, God told me that I'm to live together with my boyfriend and not get married. I <laughs> I don't know what God you're hearing from, but it's not the God of the Bible, because God will never contradict His Word. Well, He gets us though, and, and God told me that it's okay to be gay. Uh, well, we have a, it, well, yeah, don't do this. This is, of course, hyperbole and hypothetical, but you're going to start having to rip some major pages out of the Word of God. It's even hard to even say it, let alone (laughs) think it throughout Scripture. I'm reminded, just real quick on this, because this is an issue, obviously. What Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, he goes through this list of sin, sexual immorality, homosexuality. And then He says, as were past tense some of you. But Jesus gets you and He got you out of that lifestyle. So that's no longer you. He delivered you out of that when you were saved. And now you have the regenerating power of the Holy Spirit indwelling you. As were some of you. But this is a this is the the world friendly, the the yeah, how do I say it? secret sensitive Jesus? He's, he's more plausible, more amicable, more amenable. Hey, just kind of lighten up, man. Hmm. That's not the Jesus of the Bible. Well, it's halftime. How you doing? Time, time for the, the halftime. It gets worse. Yeah. Time for the halftime show. Yay. No, not yay. Not yay. Not yay. Who's doing the performance? Rihanna. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Oh, and it's sponsored by Apple Music whose logo has always been the fruit with a bite out of it from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, E-V-I-L, back in the book of Genesis. Now don't go throw away your Apple computers. (laughs) Again neutral, but they can be used for evil. But what's meant for evil, God, means for good. Now I want to draw your attention to a couple things about this performance, which this might be hard to believe, but it was actually tame in comparison to previous years. And some of you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Some of these halftime shows have been just, I mean, are you kidding me? Isn't it interesting? And this should really be a litmus test of sorts. Don't you find it interesting that it's always blasphemous against Jesus? I mean, Madonna. If she's still fully human, she needs Jesus, okay? But all of her performances are so blasphemous, a depiction so grotesque of the Last Supper. It is such blasphemy, and it's so satanic. WHY, PRAY TELL, IS IT ALWAYS JESUS? WHY CAN'T WE BE AN EQUAL OPPORTUNITY GOD OFFENDER? LET'S, CAN WE JUST HAVE A SUPER BOWL PERFORMANCE HALFTIME AGAINST Muhammad? WAS THAT TOO MUCH? I'M JUST TRYING TO PUT IT INTO PERSPECTIVE HERE. NO. IT'S, it's, it's ALWAYS ANTICHRIST AGAINST JESUS. WHY? BECAUSE JESUS IS GOD. AND SATAN HATES God hates the creation of God. Then <laughs> I mean, seriously, when I say this was tame, I really mean in comparison to some of these other halftime shows, e- even the Olympic opening ceremonies. Have you seen some of these over there? Don't watch them, please. I'm thinking 2012 <laughs> was one of the most demonic opening ceremonies you could ever imagine. And a glorified Satan. Well. The um, first thing I want to point out is, though it's somewhat obscured, she's wearing a belt with a pentagram on it and, of course, a very red devil outfit. Uh, second, and this is n- not coincidence, <laughs> at exactly the 13.03 minute mark, IN A 13-MINUTE VIDEO, WHICH IS A SIGNIFICANT NUMBER IN SATANISM, SHE MAKES THE PYRAMID SIGN. NOW, YOU'VE PROBABLY SEEN POLITICIANS, Uh, PRESIDENT TRUMP ALWAYS MAKES THIS, BY THE WAY. I SAID I WASN'T GOING TO EXPOUND ON POLITICIANS, BUT HE ALWAYS SITS LIKE THIS, THIS IS NOT, FIRST OF ALL, IT'S NOT EVEN THAT NATURAL, I GOT CARPAL TUNNEL DOING IT RIGHT NOW. It's deliberate. It's a symbol. They place a lot of emphasis on symbols. This is the pyramid. This is the Illuminati. This is 33rd degree masonry. This is as satanic as it gets. And the number 33, very significant, more significant than the number 13 in Satanism. And by the way, 33, three plus three is six, number of man. BUT HERE'S WHY I BELIEVE IT'S 33, THAT WAS THE AGE OF OUR SAVIOR WHEN HE WAS CRUCIFIED. IT'S ALSO THE PERCENTAGE OF THE ANGELIC HOST WHO WAS CAST OUT OF HEAVEN WHEN LUCIFER EXALTED HIMSELF, A THIRD, 33, I MIGHT AS WELL, I'M ALREADY uh, DISNEYLAND. Uh, don't, oh, no, no, you didn't. Oh, yes, I did. And I am. Walt Disney, first of all, was a pedophile. Underneath Disneyland, they have the 33 Club. Walt Disney was a full on 33rd degree Mason and a Satanist. Okay, so have a nice afternoon. <laughs> I'm just listen you anyway this this will I hope make sense here in a moment also let me just this is parenthetical the official UN logo has 32 rectangles including a circle within it making it 33 and both of those leaves on the side 13 leaves on each side is that a coincidence you think it's absolutely not a coincidence last thing Last but not least, the singer, along with others, all in white, are on what appear to be UFOs suspended in the air. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Well, it actually ties in to number six, staged wars and events. Doubtless you've heard about the recent uptick in UFOs and the US military's response of shooting them down to the tune of four in just nine days. You heard about this? I won't spend a lot of time on this except to say that UFOs and aliens are for the most part demons. And they have a twofold purpose. First to explain away the rapture as an alien abduction, and second, to unite the whole world together under the Antichrist after the rapture. As with these UFOs, so too is this true with what's being dubbed as spy balloons. I only mention it here because it fits in with the narrative of fear. Uh, These are staged events and they serve the same evil purpose of uniting the world under a false savior of the world, AKA the Antichrist. Way back on September 21st, 1987, then President Ronald Reagan in his address to the 42nd session of the United Nations General Assembly in New York City stated, and I quote, Can we and all nations not live in peace? In our obsession with antagonisms of the moment, we often forget how much unites all the members of humanity. Perhaps we need some outside universal threat to make us recognize this common bond. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet, I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? What could be more alien to the universal aspirations of our peoples than war and the threat of war? Oh, my goodness, interesting choice of words. That is almost verbatim exactly what Jesus said in the aforementioned prophecy in Matthew 24. Likening all of these things to birth pains in increasing frequency and intensity and that's exactly what's happening. As you might imagine, the recent interest in UFOs has also triggered a renewed interest in what's known as Project Bluebeam, which according to one verified source is, quote, reported to be a conspiracy theory introduced by Canadian investigative journalist Sergei Monast. The theory claims that members of the Pentagon, NASA, and the United Nations were collaborating on a plan to simulate a fake alien invasion and staged return of Jesus Christ using hologram projections. In doing so, he asserted, they would eliminate all traditional religions, including Christianity, to make way for a one world religion, as well as to abolish national pride, national identities and family as it is known today. According to the theory, there are four distinct steps to Project Blue Beam's execution. Number one, the breakdown of all archaeological knowledge via earthquakes. Number two, a mammoth style light show and hologram simulating Christ's return in what we know as the rapture. Number three telepathic thought control by the Antichrist. And number four, listen to this, a simulated alien invasion beginning in the year 2024, or maybe sooner. That's, that's now. It's that's now. Hmm. Oh, right on schedule. Hmm. Hmm. I had a brother locally here in the fellowship help me out with this. And he did some research on this and after several hours, he found this document titled An Operational Analysis for Air Force 2025. On page 128 of this downloadable PDF file, which we have a link to along with everything else, the actual document, section 5.6, Airborne Holographic projector. And a projector under quote, brief description states, and I quote, the holographic projector displays a three dimensional visual image in a desired location removed from the display generator. The projector can be used for psychological operations, psyops and strategic perception management. It is also useful for optical deception, delusion, and cloaking, providing a momentary distraction when engaging an unsophisticated adversarial. Oh, I'm an unsophisticated adversary, I, I guess. Oh, it's, it's to deceive and distract. That's what this is for. I happened upon this meme that's making its way around social media. I think it says it all. Psy up in 2020, virus. 2021, vaccine, so-called. 2022, war. Now, 2023 UFOs. These are all psychological operations. Distractions, deceptions. That's what this is all about. This brings us to what is arguably the main event, as it were, which is that of a train derailment in Ohio which has led to a forced evacuation due to the deadly toxic chemical explosion. Ironically enough, this took place in a town called East Palestine. Why do I pronounce it like that and not Palestine? Because first of all, that's how they pronounce it. You know, just last week, very uh, interesting precious family from New Palestine, Indiana. He said, "We're we're from a very small town New Palestine." And he said Palestine he said, Palestine. He said I said, why are you, why are you saying Palestine? That's the accurate, actual transliteration of Philistine, Palestine, Philistia, more so than Palestine. He said, that's what we just, that's how we pronounce it. That's how the locals pronounce it. So I'm watching some video on this train derailment and they, they called this town by its correct pronunciation East Palestine. Well, that's interesting. Of all the towns, it's named after what the land of Israel was named after when it was destroyed in 70 AD. Hmm. That's very interesting to me. Yeah, pastor, you're reading too much into it. Fine. Whatever. It's a gift. And that's what I do. Should be noted that the CDC published a 293-page downloadable PDF file titled Toxicological Profile for Vinyl Chloride which is actually an update to a previous publication 17 years prior back in 2006. Pastor, why is this relevant? It's relevant because the CDC published the update 11 days before the train derailment in Ohio, in which vinyl chloride was released. Do you think that's a coincidence? WHY SPECIFIC TO VINYL CHLORIDE? BECAUSE OF FIGURE 1-1, PICTURED HERE, TITLED, HEALTH EFFECTS FOUND IN HUMANS AND ANIMALS FOLLOWING INHALATION EXPOSURE TO VINYL CHLORIDE. (laughs) I I DON'T KNOW AS OF THIS MORNING, BUT I, I DID TRY TO CHECK. BUT YESTERDAY, AS OF YESTERDAY, I WAS MADE AWARE of additional derailments and events immediately following this chemical release, which is what it is in Ohio. And there was one in Texas, Oregon and Michigan, as well as deadly chemical explosions in Arizona and Florida. And this is all deliberate to kill people. (laughs) That's what it is. WELL, LET'S GET TO ACTORS AND ENTERTAINMENT. Are you, ARE YOU OKAY? WE'RE GETTING THERE. BELIEVE IT OR NOT, THIS TIES IN. WHAT IF I TOLD YOU THAT LAST YEAR, IN 2022, NETFLIX RELEASED A MOVIE TITLED WHITE NOISE, WHICH IS ABOUT A TRAIN DERAILMENT IN OHIO LEADING TO A FORCED EVACUATION DUE TO THE DEADLY TOXIC CHEMICAL EXPLOSION. COME ON, <laughs> REALLY? really? Yeah, really. And they, and they make a mockery even of it. It's, it's kind of a comedy. I, I watched the trailer. I wouldn't recommend it. Just it's a script, man. It's predictive programming, man. Okay. Uh, programs. Programs? I'm going to be programmed. Uh, channel. Let's, uh, let's turn the channel. Oh, they're going to channel. I'm going to be channeled. Well, we did an update on it a while back. I I would even dare to say that virtually everything that is put out by Hollywood is all predictive programming. And this is a textbook case of it. And it speaks to how everything that we've looked at heretofore is all planned. It's all stage. It's all a setup. It's all scheduled and pre-planned, and they execute the plan. This brings us to the Grammy Awards. Oh, boy. I, I mean, this was, I would have to say, probably one of the most overtly satanic performances that you would ever see. In fact, I had a difficult time trying to crop the picture just so it would be appropriate to even show. Now again, I don't want to go too far into this, lest doing so would glorify Satan, which is exactly what this is all about. You know that, right? But what I will say about it, and I think it says it all. Is that the Grammys were sponsored by none other than Pfizer? Pfizer. Well, this ties into number eight, lastly, the planned genocide and control. Back in 2020, we covered this strategic intelligence chart from the World Economic Forum, and I just wanted to take a quick moment to update you on their update concerning vaccination. And here's why. Mandatory vaccinations are at the center of everything, and I mean everything. What's interesting is that their updates now include things like misinformation, religion, economics, cybersecurity, diversity, and social protection, to vaccine hesitancy, and everything in between. Bottom line, this is a planned genocide, to first reduce the population in order to then control the population. And here's the thing, (laughs) it's happening now, in real time. Let's catch our breath because this brings us full circle to the three Rs, thankfully. Thank you, Jesus provides us a way back to Jesus, our first love. (laughs) Notice how Jesus first tells this first church to remember the height from which they've fallen, as if to say, you've fallen out of love with me. You've instead now fallen in love with the world, which is why you've left me." as your first love. This is where it has to start. Remembering one's love for the Lord at the start. Remember when Jesus was everything. He was first and foremost. Now this does not speak to infatuation. That's different. It speaks to loving the Lord with all our heart, mind, strength, and soul. And by the way, this applies to marriage. Not that this is a a teaching on marriage, but it's in the marriage relationship which starts off that way. It's all so romantic, right? My wife and I, 35 years this year, when we first got married, man, I opened the door for her. Such a romantic. Now, 35 years later, like Ephesus, hurry up, get in, we're late. What's the matter with you? (laughs) Okay, That's the last time I'm using myself as an example and taking one for the team. I'm going to leave that one right there. But it was a, it was a get to. Your time with the Lord was, was because you wanted to at first. Well, this goes into and dovetails into the second R, repent, which simply means to change one's mind and change one's direction in turning back, doing a 180. Stay with me on this. If we would but remember what it was like back there and back then, we'll want to turn back and return back. FOR WHAT WE FIRST HAD. THEN, ONCE WE'VE REMEMBERED, REPENTED, AND RETURNED BACK TO OUR FIRST LOVE, WE'LL WANT TO REPEAT WHAT WORKED AT FIRST, THE FIRST WORKS. THAT'S WHAT THAT MEANS. WHAT WORKED AT FIRST, THE FIRST WORKS, YOUR FIRST LOVE. BUT THIS IS THE PROBLEM, ISN'T IT? Ha, you know, I just don't have those feelings anymore. Hmm. I don't feel as I did at first. Well, do the first works and the feelings will return. Let me try that again. I'll say the same thing in a different way. Return to what worked at first, and it will be the first love and the first works. The feelings will follow. Let me try that one more time. (laughs) Think this through with me. Yeah, I don't, I don't have that same gushy feeling that I had. You know, it's it's over time. You know, you just kind of mature. And by the way, I I I don't agree with this notion that if you find yourself years later not loving the Lord as you first did, you know, love matures. I love my wife more today than I did when I actually opened the door for her. (laughs) But but it's a mature love. It's not a, it's not a infatuation in mature love. No, it's a mature love now. I've grown in grace and matured in Christ, and it's a mature love. And you you grow in that love. But when you go back and you start doing what worked at first, oh, the feelings follow. True story. You've maybe heard this before. Uh, Wife goes into the attorney's office, says, I'm going to divorce this jerk. Attorneys a Christian. says, well, okay, fine, but I want you to do something that will really get him. I want you to cook his favorite dinner every night. You know, bring him the paper. That's back when people read the paper, which we don't read anymore. And do all of these things that you, you know, just, and then divorce him. She's like, yeah. That'll get him. So she does it. She's working really hard and making his favorite meal. And you got to know he thinks, wow, what's up with this? You were just wanting a divorce the other day. You were going to leave me. Well, this goes on. And the the agreement was 90 days, three months. The attorney knew she would not call back. You know why? Because (laughs) she was so in love with him after she did that she no longer wanted to divorce him. What's your point, pastor? The feelings follow. The feelings follow. And this is, when you do what you did at first, the feelings will follow if you do it first. That's not a play on words. That's God's Word in James concerning the Lord drawing near to us when we first draw near to Him. In other words, I first draw near to Him, then He will draw near to me. Then in His presence is the fullness of the feelings (laughs) of joy. This is Psalm 1611. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. A couple more things real quick. Notice verse 5. Jesus warns them that if they don't repent, He says it twice, He will quickly come and remove their lampstand. What does the lampstand represent? The presence of the Lord. If you don't repent, return, repeat, remember, I'm going to come quickly and I'm going to take my presence out of the church and by extension the midst of your life as a Christian. And when this happens, think about it. There's no life no light, and the ensuing deadness and darkness sets in, marking this as the end. The end of all things. First Peter chapter four, verse seven, the end of all things is near. Therefore be clear minded and self controlled so that you can pray. As I was preparing for and praying about today's prophecy update. I was struck by the irony (laughs) of how all of this can work both ways. And here's what I mean by that. Everything on this gnarly list can either take someone away from Jesus or propel them to or back to Jesus. Let me just share personally for me some 40 years ago now, I came to the realization that Satan was real. And it was really through the vehicle, the medium, that's another one, of music, of the satanic music. And and I was listening to bands that, and this is not a gimmick, that had literally sold their souls for rock and roll. And these were agents of Satan. These were demon-possessed musicians that were basically taking people to hell, like ACDC, on the highway to hell, Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven, it's actually a staircase to hell. These were Satanists. And I was, please don't look at me weird, I was demon-possessed through, in and through this music. And then I heard the gospel one night, and it was presented very clearly as it always should be. And I realized, wait a minute, Satan is real. Now wait a minute. If, if Satan is real, that means Jesus is real. And if Satan wants to take me on the highway to hell, that must mean that Jesus wants to take me on the highway to heaven. And I put two and two together. And that night, man, I prayed myself to sleep, crying out to God, just childlike, simple prayer. And it was, I was, I'm not proud of this. I was very intoxicated and high. And I mean, I slurred my prayer was want to hell, hell, hell. And I fell asleep praying, asking God to take me off the highway to hell and put me on the highway to heaven. Woke up the next morning. I'm a new creation in Christ. I was born again. I mean, I could not start my day off without the drugs, the alcohol, the tobacco and all the other addictions. <laughs> I went to reach for them. The Holy Spirit sent me going, hey, ah, good news. You don't need that anymore. I'm like, what? I've tried to quit so many times. No, you don't need it anymore. And the desire was gone and replaced with a desire for the Word of God, the things of God. Now, I had a problem. I had a lot of brain damage, (laughs) but I didn't have a Bible. So I went out and found a Bible. King James Version, nothing wrong, don't email me but I'm like, thee, thou, thy, no. So I said, there's got to be a Bible for people like me that have a very limited vocabulary. So I got my hands on what was known at the time as the Good News Bible. Okay, now that's more. And that was even a stretch for me at the time. I'm like, okay, this, this, this is easier. And I read, I couldn't put it down. Six months, first time I read through the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And I've never looked back. Why do I share that? Because maybe this is God allowing Satan to once again overplay his hand, which plays right into God's hand. The Satanism is in your face. It is just in your face, every day, all day. And maybe people will say, wait a minute. Did you see the Grammys? Did you see the Super Bowl? The halftime, the ads, the this, the that. Satan's everywhere. He must be real. And if he's real, Jesus is realer. I know that's not a word. Would you agree that this is in fact what's happening in the world today? people who are coming to Christ that would not have otherwise come to Christ had it not been for all of this. I mean, we get literally hundreds of emails every day from people all over the world sharing with us just, I mean, such powerful testimonies, such heartbreaking prayer requests. But the common denominator in all of them is, man, <laughs> it's getting real. It's getting real. And this is the thing that is bringing people to Jesus and it's bringing Christians. Thank you, Jesus. It's bringing Christians back to their first love. I can't even begin to tell you how many people have shared with us how this brought them back to Christ, their first love. They had been so caught up, no pun intended, in the world. And now they're just back to Jesus. And if for no other reason, it's like, help, (laughs) protect me, help me. It's been said that when you'll never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. And I think that's what's happening today. I want to end with the Gospel, the Good News of Salvation in Jesus Christ and the ABCs of Salvation, which is just an explanation of the Gospel, the Good News of Salvation. It's just a a, a simple childlike explanation to equip you, ABC simple. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you've sinned. I mean, it it really needs to start there, because if you're not a sinner, why would you have any interest in the Savior? Romans 3.10 says there is no one good, no one righteous, not even one, save one, Jesus the Christ. Romans 3.23 says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. WE'VE ALL FALLEN SHORT OF GOD'S PERFECT STANDARD OF RIGHTEOUSNESS. WE'VE SINNED, MISSED THE MARK, AN ARCHERY TERM. ROMANS six twenty-three IS LIKE THE SENTENCING PHASE, IF YOU WILL. FOR THE WAGES OF SIN IS DEATH, BUT, HERE'S THE GOOD NEWS, THE GIFT OF GOD IS ETERNAL LIFE IN CHRIST JESUS OUR LORD. HERE'S THE GOSPEL. 1 Corinthians 15, the first four verses, the first letter of the Apostle Paul to the Thessalonians. Jesus came. He died. He was buried. He rose again on the third day, and He's coming back again one day, good news. For me? Yeah. He died for me? Yeah. Wow, He must love me? Yeah. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And that is central. The B is for believe. Just believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that and this is key, God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Listen. TO ANY CATHOLIC OR SOMEONE FROM A CATHOLIC BACKGROUND, I ASK YOU AS HONESTLY AND HUMBLY AND AS LOVINGLY AS I POSSIBLY CAN, WHY IS JESUS STILL ON THE CROSS? HE'S NOT ON THE CROSS. HE'S RISEN FROM THE DEAD. DON'T PUT HIM BACK THERE. IT WAS ONCE AND FOR ALL. And I believe in my heart that He's not on that cross anymore, that He has been raised from the dead, and I am saved because He was raised from the dead. If there's no resurrection, there's no salvation. He had to defeat. I'm not angry. (laughs) I know I sound angry. It's a custom in my country. I grew up, my parents, they were saying lovingly things to each other, but in Arabic, it sounded like they were yelling to each other. <laughs> anyway, that's my story, and I'm sticking with it. The C is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart. THAT GOD RAISED HIM FROM THE DEAD, YOU WILL BE SAVED. FOR IT IS WITH YOUR HEART THAT YOU BELIEVE AND ARE JUSTIFIED, AND IT IS WITH YOUR MOUTH THAT YOU CONFESS AND ARE SAVED. AND LASTLY, I LOVE ROMANS ten thirteen. IT SEALS THE DEAL. ALL WHO CALL UPON THE NAME OF THE LORD WILL BE SAVED. THE JURY'S NOT OUT. THE VERDICT IS IN. IT IS FINISHED not guilty. He took your guilt. And He paid in full and purchased you on that cross with His blood. He paid the purchase price for the gift that He offers you of eternal life. That's the good news. That's the Gospel. If you're here today, and I want to make no assumptions or watching online, and you've never called upon the name of the Lord. Can I just, again, ask you humbly and lovingly and kindly as I possibly can. What in the world? Are you kidding me? What are you waiting for? Do you see what's happening? Just this last week. How much has happened in the last week? You know how much I didn't include today? I would have had you out of here by about four today, if I'd included everything today. That's next week. (laughs) Maybe. How much is happening, and how fast is it happening? And Jesus said it would happen, and it would happen fast, and it's happening fast. And the next thing that's going to happen, that trumpet's going to sound, and the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And we who are alive and remain are going to be caught up, raptured up to meet the Lord in the air. Do you realize that can happen at any time, any time? Pastor, you say that every week, and I'm going to say it every week too. Except for one week. I won't say it anymore. (laughs) And you'll know why. Today's but God testimony comes from Tom Wilkes who writes, a but God testimony from a former science lecturer. Thankfully, first of all, I came to faith on 11-28-1982, 6,080 days after I was born, two times, two times, two times, two times, two times, two times, times, five times, 19 days. Yes, I'm a maths nerd. (laughs) When the pseudo pandemic started, I was well paid with lots of kudos. However, I knew it was wrong. After hearing the following the science mantra, from our politicians, realizing that the mathematical model written by Professor Neil Ferguson was a lie and the PCR test was false. I had actually taught mathematical modeling with calibration physics, so I was able to provide some limited expertise, also becoming a signatory to the Great Barrington Declaration and Doctors for COVID Ethics. My position almost became untenable, so I jumped before I was pushed, taking early retirement. I was determined to stand firm in faith. I never wore a mask, never took a test, never took a jab, and didn't even use hand sanitizer. (laughs) No, for real, by the way, yeah. Uh, yeah. There is. uh, research vetted research that this hand sanitizer has chemicals that messes with your thyroid. I don't use hand sanitizer. Now, if you want to use hand sanitizer, that's fine. Just stay away from me, please. (laughs) I'm sorry. I say that in love in Jesus name. So he goes on. However, I lost many family members, friends and former work colleagues. I WASN'T PREPARED TO COMPROMISE WITH OUR PREVIOUS CHURCH WHO, GET THIS, HAD ACTUALLY ROLLED OUT THE JABS ON THEIR PREMISES. WE'VE TALKED ABOUT THIS BEFORE. THEY TURNED THE CHURCH OF JESUS CHRIST INTO A VACCINATION CENTER. YOUR SERMON OF 2 REALLY HELPED ME TO BE REASSURED ABOUT TAKING A STAND. TO ME, IF Paul could suffer so much to bring us the gospel, the least I could do would be to go against the agenda. My early retirement released a lot of time over the past two years to really study the Bible and to put my research skills to good use. I love it when God does that. I have new friends now and attend a friendlier church. Keep up the good work, sir. It's so refreshing to hear faithful biblical teaching and discernment. And to that I say, praise the Lord. Capono, coming up, I want you to stand up. All the glory goes to God. God, who is like unto you, O Lord? There is none like you. You alone are worthy of all of our praise. All of the glory do your holy name. Lord, we give you all the glory we thank You, we praise You. Lord, we cannot thank You enough. Lord, it's it's getting so real. So much is happening so fast. And we want to take refuge in You. We want to hide safely under the shadow of Your wing, safely in the palm of Your hand. Lord, save us. Rescue us from this. We know You will soon and very soon. Please quickly, Jesus, and thank You, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen. God bless you.